0: Whoa, this song's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like Ozzy. Dun
1: dun 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 dun
2: dun 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 <laughs>
1: Hi guys, welcome to Rainy Day Video. If this is your first time with us, welcome. And if you're joining us for a second time. Welcome back. We are here today with Alex and Brooke. You have Vicky talking right now. We're in the middle of our holiday special. And uh, last week, we talked about some off the beaten path Christmas movies. This week, we're going to go back to To special time as seen on TV. But first, if you've been enjoying the show, please like, comment, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. And if you'd like to reach out to us for any reason, if you want to tell us about recommendations, commentary, anything you want to reach out, funny Christmas stories that you have. Just to say hi? Yeah, just to say hi, anything. Reach out at our email, rainydayvideopod at gmail.com. We'll definitely respond back if we hear from you. And maybe even you'll hear something on the show, one of your comments. So yeah, this week we're going to be talking about, as seen on TV, Christmas specials. They always bring joy to our hearts. They start back in the day. We're going to be looking at Charlie Brown, the Grinch Pee-wee's Christmas Special and Beavis and Butthead do Christmas. All very fun and exciting. So Alex, Brooke, how are you guys doing today?
3: Doing very good. I was very happy to watch these specials again. It's been actually like kind of a rough week over here and uh, it was a and like we watched half the specials last night and then this morning we started charlie brown christmas and got halfway through and the shit hit the fan and we had had to do a bunch of running around and scrambling for a variety of reasons i won't get into but then once the chaos settled we sat back down for the second half of charlie brown special and boy did that whole special just feel like our lives today like the first half was miserable and and then you know things calmed down we sat down and it's like the special met us for this second half you know what I mean and it was it was very special
0: may I help you I'm in sad shape wait a minute before you begin I must ask that you pay in advance five cents please boy what a sound how I love to hear that old money clink that beautiful sound of cold hard cash that beautiful beautiful sound nickels 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 That beautiful sound of plinking nickels. All right now, what seems to be your trouble? I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Are you afraid of responsibility? If you are, then you have hypengeophobia. I don't think that's quite it. How about cats? If you're afraid of cats, you have alerophasia. Well, sort of, but I'm not sure. Are you afraid of staircases? If you are, then you have climacophobia. Maybe you have thalassophobia. This is fear of the ocean. Or cheferobia, which is the fear of crossing bridges. Or maybe you have pantophobia. Do you think you have pantophobia? What's pantophobia? The fear of everything. That's it! Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. How would you like to be the director of our Christmas play? Me? You want me to be the director of the Christmas play?
3: We followed it up with with the Pee Wee Christmas special, which made us so happy, but I'm, like, way jumping the gun with that. I hadn't actually seen, let's say, the... Charlie Brown Christmas special since, like, university. Like, I'd seen it as a kid and loved it. And then in university, like, I, like, am in love with animation and I'm studying animation. And at that time, I was, like, harboring a secret desire to be an animator. And so I remember throwing on charlie brown's christmas special at that point and i was such an animation snob about it i I just felt so let down by the cheapness and the repeated animation and i can see all the ways in which they're saving money and i just really hadn't watched it again since then and you know part of me understood why it's classic but just as an animation snob at the time i was just like that part of me wasn't stimulated you know what i mean and so like i hinted at earlier like watching it today like it really like met me as an adult and everything it was about and how i feel at this moment like it was like right there and the animation is so fucking charming you know what i mean yeah it's cheap tv animation was always cheap that was the whole point of it but you have those classic charles schultz character designs which are just like eternal and then like the voice the voices in this show I've always been spectacular, and then like the music that ties this whole special together. I don't know, it's just so warm and beautiful. I had such a blast watching this again. So thanks for suggesting we do this. Vicky. Oh,
4: happy to. Yeah. Breath, what, what were you thinking? No, I agree. It made me. I mean, it made me really like. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. It made me miss like TV, you know, and you know, just the idea of these things being on and like reinforcing what we're here for and what this time of year is about. And this is a difficult time of the year, a year for a lot of people. And I think that's what Charlie Brown, like that was the humanity of Charlie Brown, wasn't it? It was that he was a bit of a curmudgeon, um, but he wanted to like, he just saw the world a little deeper and wanted to wanted to delve into it and got lost in himself. And isn't that so much of us. And there's something so touching to just the, like peace on earth and, us just you know being good to one another and seeing this like little tree and you know finding the beauty in it and it can be something so beautiful um it's just how we see the world um and i think that goes
3: across all these specials i say it's it's really how you choose to view the world
4: Mm mm-hmm I completely agree. And, you know, we really grew up on these movies uh, at Christmas time. And it's because it played on TV. It's because they got reinforced by our parents. And I don't know, it's just what they grew up with. But I really think there's something kind of lost now that we can choose what we want to watch and stream things on Netflix. And these, these are really, they're kind of challenging to find some of them. But I don't know, it really touched me, man, this morning watching Charlie Brown. It really, like, touched my heart. And the music hits you. But just the, the story, like, we, we all have the human plight. And don't we all want to be like Linus a little bit? And <laughs> just see have our blanket and be ourselves and, you know, tell it how it is.
3: That's what you know. That's what Snoopy represents. You know, it's like Ch- Charlie's so burdened, and he's getting supposed psychiatric help from Lucy. Yeah, and uh, you know they're off in their own neurotic spiral over there. And then here's Snoopy, just like fuck it, but, unconcerned. But you know? Snoopy's <laughs> part of like the
4: capitalism yeah. is used in this story too, right? For sure, for sure. Like so
1: decorate, and that's it. You're part of the Christmas spirit. Let's but yeah, laugh I mean, the Christmas tree. <laughs> so much of how you kind of come into this and especially for me watching this as an adult I don't think I had seen it much when I was a kid maybe like once and did not revisit it until yesterday and it just speaks to so much of what we all or at least what I feel at the holidays where you're trying to understand yourself in this big holiday season and you're trying to there's so much expectation of Making the most of it and having the most joyful experience, and you know, finding some sort of meaning of Christmas that you know every single holiday movie sort of asks you to to dig deep within yourself to discover what the holidays mean to you. It's um, like the
3: ultimate pressure. It's like it's figure so it all much out. Pressure
1: <laughs> and, and be happy. And what do we do? We take that pressure and we internalize it, and we do try to discover some sort of meaning within ourselves, and not just having a good time with your family. And I think that, you know, so much of what you were saying, Brooke, is just, it does just create an environment. These, you know, as seen on TV specials where you do just sit around with, you know, your family, whoever that those people might be. And you sit and you just enjoy the comfort of this, this fun, you know, half an hour special that, you know, people just get to experience. And and it it talks to who you are, And how other people experience Christmas and the different types of uh, experiences with Christmas. That it's not just, you know, and you know, you can find your joy like Snoopy, where it is just commercial, and that's enough for some people, and that's fine. Um, But a lot of us are like Charlie Brown, where we are looking to um, understand ourselves and this holiday and ourselves within this holiday, and trying to understand also the sadness that you might feel. because some of these things don't live up to it. And then you also have, you know, in trying to seek meaning, you also seem to find people that either are telling you, you know, that your emotions are just unwarranted, that they don't matter. And, you know, just enjoy, just,
4: just Close it off. Enjoy Christmas. Only you, Charlie Brown, would make a. I will say this this character
1: reminded me of a family member we know (laughs) so much. Just like nag and constantly putting this pressure, and you can't even just be a kid at Christmas of you know just time with friends and having this tree. But I I love when they all come together at the end and you do get this. That's, that's the important thing. It's like, I don't care that this little twig is, is nothing. It's like, you can make so much from so little. And it's usually the people that are closest to you that can sort of reignite it. But it, it is, yeah, it's such a cute little uh, story that really just kind of digs deep into what I think a lot of us feel during the holidays.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's so profound. And brooke hinted earlier at like how hard it was to actually find this special in this amazing streaming world that's supposed to have everything available like it wasn't easy yeah
1: it was free on apple tv
3: i'm subscribed to netflix amazon crave criterion channel shutter Uh, uh, shut i mean it wouldn't be on shutter
4: (laughs) black christmas would be yeah
3: um (laughs) But, you know, like, couldn't rent it on uh, YouTube. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't, you know, it's like Apple was, like, the sole destination to mm-hmm. go get the Charlie Brown special. Special about commercialism and how that's taken over the spirit of the holidays. And, like, the the one of the biggest corporations is the only way to, to see this. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, mm-hmm. like, a shame. It's, like... It's so profound. It should just be free at this point. It should just be like, oh, it's uh, it's getting close to Christmas. Like YouTube just has it up for free, and everyone gets to like, you know, watch it. And especially
1: the TV specials where they just they do seem very forgotten sometimes. It's like we don't talk about them. But they all are often just kind of pushed to the side because, you know, we're looking at the feature-like films. And those are the ones that are more readily available for most people.
3: And listen, like, you know, you can't just make them free. Who's going to make money? Well, I'm pretty sure everyone who's made these older specials are probably dead by now. I was going to say, they've (laughs) made their
1: money. And
3: and Charles Schultz is certainly dead. And, you know, (laughs) he deserves uh, most of the money for all of this. So anyhow uh, anything else on that to on that
4: joyous note um <laughs> no i think that you kind of yeah it's 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 a shame that i mean again like these these specials really did remind me how uh, w- what we lost when we when we became a streaming society yeah, they were always um, just right there yeah man yeah. you would just and and it did bring part of the cheer that like that's what brings the for me i i find these days holidays don't Hit the same way they used to, because we we're not brought into them the same way we were used we used to be, and like we're not reminded of the whys. It's we're we're like stupid top ten holiday movies show up on Netflix or you know, it but it's not the things that kind of hit your soul, I guess, in the same way. And sometimes they are, but I don't know. It just. It's a shame, and it the, it's not a shame. Go watch this on Apple if you yeah, have Apple+. It's up to Plus. you, ultimately. It's a really, like, I don't know, it really hits... And and I love and I love the like rudimentary um, animation because the choices that they make um, in terms of what each character's actions are mm-hmm. are like really potent, you know. Yeah. Like everybody's everybody's got like if it's dust or if it's like there's something <laughs> very specific with every character no, that lives free and like alive in in these stories. I, I love, like the uh, shot of like them dancing all like their
1: Christmas concert too, where they each have like their own individual. Um, moment to Mo- shine motion. kind of thing, yeah. Motion, where it's just you know
0: the,
1: yeah,
3: <laughs> it's exactly. Just yeah, see, like twenty two year old Alex was like, well, that's some cheap ass bullshit, you know. And now it's it like like Brooke said, it's like they're selective about how to express in a minimal way. <clears throat> These characters and like yeah, it's just so charming, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't have that expectation now for some reason to to have it be more than it is, you know. Especially when its soul is so pure, mm-hmm. and ultimately it's based on a comic strip, you know, which is uh, usually a three or four panel gag uh, in, involving the Peanuts characters, you know. And so it's like the fact that it moves this much at all is kind of great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Well, and you mentioned the music, Alex, because I do want to finish just by. Because that's the song that Christmas time is here has been stuck in my head all morning because of uh, that. But it's like that, that to me is what the Charlie Brown Christmas special is. It's kind of melancholy, but it's really beautiful. Um, and it's what it means to be in Christmas, what this, mm-hmm. what this time of year is all about. And it is about trying to find our connection and getting around the Christmas tree, which I think leads into The Grinch.
3: Absolutely.
2: The Grinch hated Christmas. The whole Christmas season. Now, oh. please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. They'll stand hand in hand. And those who's will start singing. Ooh, welcome, welcome, Bahu Christmas Day
0: must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. I must stop Christmas from coming. But how? The Grinch got a wonderful,
2: awful idea. For a, for Christmas, Christmas I was, Never cut,
3: thank you for do that, you not Brooke.
4: that's staying in. Oh, no. That's beautiful. That was for us only.
3: Not anymore. <laughs> I was saying to Brooke yesterday, and this might ring as controversial, and I'm really not trying to be controversial with this, but... Uh, I didn't really grow up with Dr. Seuss as like literature, the mm. way a lot of kids did. You know, like unless it was like a tabloid magazine, my mom wasn't really reading me a Dr. Seuss story. Here's you know Alice, I was mean? getting the
1: top the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's a> stars, <laughs> as opposed to just you know,
3: yeah, who's getting challenged? divorced this week? Yeah. So like, you know, but I would, you know, I encountered Dr. Seuss at like friends houses and like, you know, in in our school libraries, there was always Dr. Seuss and like, you get curious about it. And I always found like the images as a kid, like scary and like, and like, there's something about like the coloring of a lot of the stories. It's like, like two colors or one color. And it just like, I don't know, it just always looked like dingy and scary to me. And then, you know, you get older and it's like, you read Dr. Seuss and it's like, cat hat you know like (laughs) they're not like the most profound stories um and i'm saying all of this to say like i don't have much attachment to dr seuss or much like nostalgia or like affection and like i can't like read them now and like you know feel like profound stuff about them the way i do let's say like maurice sendak who did like um where the wild things are you know what i mean um However, the how the Grinch Stole Christmas Christmas special directed by Chuck Jones is one of my favorite things ever. And I it was probably my first major interaction with Dr. Seuss. And all the things I love about it are the Chuck Jones of it all. His his character interpretations slash designs, the humor, the facial expressions. Uh, there's just a general attitude of the characters and the voice acting like it's just it's like my fa- it's one of my favorite Christmas specials, but it's also like one of my favorite pieces of animation. And like, mm-hmm. I'm just like a huge Chuck Jones fan at this point in my life. And it's like,
2: Rightfully so.
3: yeah, I just love it so much. Uh, but it's funny. It's like it's not the Dr. Seuss of it all. Ultimately, that's like my favorite thing about it. You know what I mean? Obviously, that's he's fair. he's he, he, he's responsible for like, you know, the the base idea and the sort of
4: without him there would be no grinch. No, exactly. But without but Chuck Jones, there would be no You're a mean one.
3: <laughs> Mr. And, grinch. And I, I wanna ask you guys, like, you know, and maybe it's an unfair, stupid question, but you know, we gotta talk about we'll something.
2: Judge
3: of <laughs> like, I think this is like a superior thing to the Dr. Seuss. And I think it's like like what in Dr. Seuss Is better than this Christmas special. You know what I mean? And like, listen, I don't have that, like, I didn't, you know, green eggs and ham wasn't in my childhood, so I don't like have that nostalgia. But nostalgia aside, I mean, like, this can always be watched and enjoyed as an adult. You're not just gonna grab green eggs and ham off the shelf and, like, get taken away. Maybe you are. I don't know. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Speak for yourself.
1: You won't. (laughs) I I honestly had kind of a different exposure, I guess, where I'd seen the animation, but. I also sort of went out of my way to get Dr. Seuss books and I would buy the uh, the Grinch sort of, I, I still have it like it's a big How the Grinch Stole Christmas, like uh, the, the book, it's a hardcover, I have the Nutcracker I like getting these books and what I love, I like the how the story kind of flows and what they take but yeah, that, that original How the Grinch Stole Christmas story and it's you feel it throughout the whole thing because it it is the thing that that bookends the whole thing you know it's the start to finish it's the whole thing so chuck jones takes that story and you know makes it bigger and makes it more beautiful than you could just look at the pictures on the page um but yeah that that main story though is just so like i love that it's um, narrated the whole time and you just follow that, that actual story um, from start to finish. So it's just such an enjoyable it, it just works like a poem almost too mm-hmm. uh, because it all just has that rhyming structure and it's it's very short relatively. I don't know so, if a
3: movie is the best thing for a Dr. Seuss story. You know
1: I, what I mean? And I, that's fair. I, I know you're not a fan of the the Jim Carrey one. I don't know if you are at all. I <laughs>
3: warmed up. I've warmed up to it actually because I love Jim Carrey so much and like I he's fucking great in that movie and so like. You know, my 22 year old self thought, you know, th- that Grinch Jim Carrey Grinch movie is n- nothing on the Chuck Jones. It's garbage. But I watched it a couple years ago, actually, and I loved it. And, and, and so he funny. takes the
4: Chuck Jones of yes, the Grinch. I saw like, that. He really like. I mean, watching the Grinch last night, you just see how what a genius Jim Carrey is, and that mm-hmm. he is gonna. He really informs himself by the things that he loves, and he kind of like uh, just totally transforms into the Grinch, um, as as Chuck Jones sees him. And then has his own isms as well and becomes yeah. kind of a bit more heightened and there's a bit more of, you know, a difference. Um, but I think they all play on, on each like other so soul. well. Yeah. I agree. It's like it
1: starts and, with that Dr. Seuss thing and then Chuck Jones adds his thing and then Jim Carrey comes in and does his own thing, but it all still feels like the core soul of the Grinch. You know? You're still getting that same uh, spirit from
4: it. And and to answer your question quickly like um I think I I think that I would watch the Chuck Jones Grinch um more than I would ever read the book because the Chuck Jones Grinch is the book. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's literally the Grinch but it's just more fun on the eyeballs it's Mm -hmm. it's you're getting to see in real time what this what's happening in that story um so I think that the Chuck Jones is superior because it um takes Dr. Seuss and makes it um makes it this like real live thing but Mm -hmm. without the Dr. Seuss without the rhymes it wouldn't be it wouldn't be it the chuck jones movie either you know what i mean just symbiotic Um,
1: relationship they just
4: yeah they kind of need each other i think Yeah. yeah
3: i think yeah it was it was kind of a needlessly provocative stupid question but i i think i was just trying to highlight i think i was just trying to like maybe give some credit to chuck jones because especially in regards to the animated special i think beyond the basic framework of the thing you know like like Jim Carrey is is bringing like it's so good and so effective, you know what I mean? And so what we remember as the Grinch is also the Chuck Jones part, you know? Oh I yeah, mean? totally. So I thought that and totally even just attention. like singing
1: the song throughout, like I even had like some moments, like as I was singing along last night, where yeah. I was kind of doing the ad libs of like what Jim Carrey does throughout that song, where it's like <laughs> he snarls and it's like, <laughs> and i just like, I have Jim Carrey implanted in my head, For but. Sure. It's it's such a great little special though, and like the Charlie Brown one, they they do so much in such a a small amount of time. You know, it's like twenty five minutes, and you still get this complete story. And you know, the Grinch especially has got more music. We got singing Brooke. You already gave us a beautiful rendition. That Thank was you. Thank you. I top tried. Top notch. <laughs> I uh, practiced for weeks, so um, I appreciate you know. that. She's been in studio, guys. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, here comes the animation snob, but in a good way. Um, I think both The Grinch and Charlie Brown don't have like movie theatrical money to, to do what they do, so they both have to operate in a limited way. But I think The Grinch uh, is directed by like a fucking master animator who really knows his craft and really knows his medium, and uh, I think he's so effective in what he was doing on a TV budget. And a big part of it are just how great his designs are, and he's able to do so much with so little. I mean, something that people always acknowledge Chuck Jones for for is, like, you see it in the Looney Tunes. It's like he he had the money to go bigger with those Looney Tunes cartoons, but he started more and more doing, like, close-ups of, like, Bugs Face Doing like a subtle thing, or like Daffy slowly shifting his eyes over, and like he—he's such a great minimalist. I think is what I'm trying to say. And he was doing that when he had when when animation had big bigger budgets, and now he doesn't have a budget. But those those crucial lessons of minimalism and gesture, and like we were saying with uh, with Peanuts and with uh, Charlie Brown, it's like it's just picking the right moments and uh, right pose that evokes so much and. Oh, yeah. uh, This is just, like, a a masterpiece of animation. I I just love it top to bottom for I
1: find Chuck Jones just gives so much personality to these characters. You know, it's like you can take the Dr. Seuss poem, but, again, you don't get that characterization. Like, you get in, in like, even just, like, the relationship between Max and and the Grinch. Like, where the, you know, Max is just like, oops, (laughs) Like, (laughs) this is what's happening. And it's just, like, a small thing like that. You're just like, that's so funny, man. Like, this dog has a mind of his own. And it's just... It's small moments like that where you see like a little smirk or a grin or something on the Grinch's face and it just adds so much more humor to it than just having a long telling joke because you know you can just have fun with those gestures and those facial expressions.
4: I mean, even the, when the si- when the heart gets three sizes too big, um, the third size is outside of the box that he, you know. So just like the choices that you choose to make, um, and speaks volumes. It didn't. It didn't live in his box anymore. It was like it <laughs> had to face. like it, see exactly. It had to I'm explode from it, <laughs> which is so cool. And and I love like you know he took he, he took the some of the color like color choices that Dr. Seuss uses throughout all of his books um, and takes the concept of what the Grinch is and what Max looks like and what the Whos look like, but then elevates it and makes it so much bigger than the world that Dr. Seuss has in his books because they're just like, they're just, as you said, Alex, a lot of the time just black and white and then a pop of like one color. Oh, The Places We Go has a lot of color, but that's kind of the point of a lot of that book. I always loved this. It was so sad, actually, when the Jim Carrey movie came along because I really thought that people forgot about this movie, Almost immediately after the Jim Carrey Grinch, yeah, you
1: I think know this it just became could never be forgotten though. I think it. it, it I, I see your point though.
4: I, I don't know people feel that, like that
1: watch it really. I usually like, I make re- it like a a double thing, like because they just play so well into each other.
3: Yeah, me too. But like, yeah, like to Brooke's point, it's like I'll mention to people this week that hey, I'm watching how the Grinch stole Christmas, and it's like every, everyone goes, goes, goes oh, love. no, but not even that. They go like. Because I'll say it's the animation and, and they'll go like, oh, I haven't watched that since I was a kid or whatever. Or since like since streaming, frankly, when like now it's up to you and everyone has their little um, algorithm thing based Pre-planned. on your tastes. Yep. Yeah. And so like a Charlie Brown Christmas ain't going to sneak in there. necessarily. I was just going to say
1: like these things I haven't seen since watching them on TV as well. Like, uh, it's like oh Since seven I o'clock we're gonna play Charlie Brown seven thirty that How the Grinch Stole Christmas is coming exactly. on. Exactly, Frosty's coming after that, and then you know eight o'clock we're gonna start our feature film. And it's like okay, I am ready for the night. Let's watch these these small Christmas movies and then go into the big one
4: for sure. Like I'd be surprised if uh, Gen Z knew. Like we we know of these because like we still had TV, we still did grow up with it. But like I'd be surprised if you know uh, I went up to five Gen Zers and three of them watched. They yeah, would think it's the this- Benedict
1: Cumber, Cumberbatch one.
4: Yeah, They'd yeah, be like, exactly. Oh, the
1: animated one. No, I haven't caught that yet. But yes. Benedict, I'm sure he did great. And you're like, no, 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 no.
3: <laughs> I was going to ask, actually, have you seen that? I haven't seen it. I
1: haven't. So I yeah. cannot speak to it.
3: It didn't look very appealing.
1: It didn't look appealing. I, and then and there's I,
3: like a horrible irony in that like every 10 years, what, they're going to crank out another Grinch movie, which is literally about not be doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> it just also
1: seems like some of these movies take themselves so seriously. Oh, I And that's it. what I love about like the jim carrey one and even like the cat in the hat with mike myers that movie is ridiculous and insane but they have fun with this ridiculous outrageous character that shouldn't be given a movie maybe but i there's,
3: need to revisit the yeah. mike myers one because i love mike myers Dude, and, just you know okay like i'm um, not even
1: kidding you it's that's the said, most though, outrageous movie?
3: Yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's Mike Myers at the helm. He can't so help but be outrageous. But like you were saying like with the new one it just seems so self-serious and stuff. And I agree like in retrospect the Jim Carrey one is not that much, but I remember what really bugged me in the Jim Carrey one was the flashbacks to him as a kid and just seeing like a kid grinch in the make. It just
1: I was like Dude, That's you're the funniest the mark part here. No, it's not. The mothers are having a key party and they get dropped off the Grinch baby. Do you understand what's so happening tell in their the house? It's a the key movie? party. You're
3: going to tell a me the key best. Party. I mean, That's not the
1: best part of the movie. The best part of the movie is when he's sneaking. No, what? Did I say the best part?
3: Yeah, you did. And I was going to say, how is the best part involving not Jim Carrey? But. Oh.
1: Well, the best part of the movie is not that. I. I misspoke if I said that. The best part is when he puts his lips on the glass, cuts around it and then just <laughs> I have a wheezing laugh as he does that. It it always comes out that yeah. way. I die. That's it's literally so
3: something you would see like Wild E Coyote do or something, you know. What I mean? And that's why it's But
1: see those influences of like the Chuck uh lore they just it makes it all come in together. Yeah connection
4: yeah, i think it still appreciate it feels like I, I don't really need to see this new grinch because i feel like it doesn't uh it doesn't appreciate it didn't look to its its ancestors it to dictate like... its uh its reality you know what i mean like it's just it's like, making a serious grinch character
1: who exactly. like is gonna have probably some emotional you know baggage that you understand his reasonings and why and it's like i don't need that just have him yeah. steal christmas
2: Yeah.
3: I was reading an article the other day about how uh, it was about the James Bond franchise, and the basis of the article was how James Bond always reflects its era. And that can be said about everything, like superhero movies. You know, what's great about reading like a 40s Superman movie, um, Superman comic, and then reading like a 50s one and like a 1980s one is they really do reflect their era and the values of the time and what's the concern. And it's the same with like the Grinch uh, at this point, and like uh, everything World is culture. so self. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if everything you is
1: serving that narrative nowadays. Exactly. No, exactly, exactly. And
3: so, like, I want to see a Chuck Jones, Dr. Seuss, Jim Carrey, like fold all that in into something new. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take a step backwards into like. I Don't know, it just totally misses the point. And then you're at the end of the day, people mean well, but like, why are you supporting yet another iteration of something that, with every iteration, you're getting further and further away from its purity and its like ultimate message? So yeah. it's like, it's like almost like they have to do the woke thing in the narrative to, to make up pass, for that, yeah, yeah, to, to make up for the guilt of having to like do a commercial thing again. And it's like, it's so shameless, but it's like. If we cover up our shameless commercialism with uh, with like a victim narrative, you know, it's fine. Well. that's all good.
4: What's kind of interesting to me is that they all take like movies it, it takes longer and longer to tell the story it seems. You know in 1966 it was uh, 25 minutes in, uh whenever the Grinch was it was an hour and something yeah. this next one is going to be a little bit longer it's like why I like this one is it just gets the message across and both this and Charlie Brown um, makes, they, they both make me reflect in a way that I don't Normally, mm-hmm. with a lot of the Christmas movies um, of There's today, less like time The to Grinch, sit. That's why. yeah, like the it's Jim like... Carrey Grinch, I don't sit afterwards and really go like, what are the Christmases that affect? I said to Alex this morning, I was like, these made me really think about Tanzania and like when I was there, um, we, all the kids just got one pair of sandals because no, ev- they needed shoes and it was just that, and then we played games with them all day long. We did scavenger hunts, we did, we just had like so much fun. And that's what those movies reminded me of. And that's not, like, I love the Jim Carrey Grinch, but it doesn't remind me of the importance of that. Yeah. And these movies do. And it's because they're so potent. It's because I feel like they're 25 minutes of just, here is the message. This is this is what we're getting. Like, the Who's get the message. They are going to sing around that fucking Christmas tree <laughs> with or without presents because they get it, you know? And then... Yeah. We try to convolute that, and so we don't know what. Because that that was the thing that bothered me about the Jim Carrey one was that it was like they they, they had so much more of a journey they had to go on of like yeah. oh they were capitalists and then they weren't. Like I love the simplicity of this of the who's in in the story of just they they get Christmas they get it they I'll, get.
3: I'll argue that we all wanted to see a live action. Jim Carrey, Grinch For movie. Sure. And it had never been made into a movie. And so, like, let's do it. And they did it pretty well.
4: Oh, totally yeah. agree. You know, so we totally tried to fill in, in some moments
1: where they need <laughs> no, to, yeah. like, build character. They're I like, agree. this is not a 25-minute yeah, movie. Yeah, and
4: I'm not trying to diminish <sighs> no, the no, no. Jim Carrey one. It's just this one leaves the the message. The message gets hit across
2: yeah,
1: home. Yeah, it's very quickly that you realize, like, what matters to this person group of people and you know how little you know gifts and and the you know monetary side of christmas is not the the be all end all it's just a it's a a part of christmas but it's not christmas and it doesn't it shouldn't take away from you know the the spirit that we can all find um and connections between people Mm
3: -hmm. i'd like to Pivot into Pee Wee's Playhouse because we were Great. talking about you know things reflecting their time and you know we've talked about like our woke culture these days and there's obviously good things about what 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 that intends in terms of like diversity and equality and whatnot and watching Pee Wee's Playhouse this year it's like oh my god this is like queer as fuck like top to bottom you know it represents a wide gamut of people from different cultures and and artistic backgrounds and I'll, at the end of the day you know Pee Wee Herman is, is, is a freak and a freak I love and a freak I identify with and this is this is Christmas for the freaks. This is where, you know, if I feel melancholy this time of year, and I feel like ah, I don't fit in, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good hey, Good call.
3: The, the word of the day is year, so f- henceforth if I say year, <laughs> we should scream. Ah. Yeah, a long way to say, like, I was just really blown away by, like, how relevant this thing felt, and just how much, like, it is, like, showing us in a Chris- Christmas special that people you don't usually see and you know all the Christmas songs are like weird offbeat renditions and I mean you got Pee Wee you got Paul Rubens at the center of this thing writing and directing and he's just like a comedic mastermind and a freak in his own right and when I say freak I mean in a celebratory like I'm a freak and I identify with these freaks and when I watched Pee-wee's Playhouse this year, I just, like, oh, my God. It's, like, my favorite Christmas special. Like, I love Agreed. Charlie Brown. I love The Grinch. But, like, I saw Pee-wee's Playhouse, like, when it came out as a kid. And it, it stayed with me, again, until I moved out of the house. And and suddenly I didn't have, like, and, like, I don't even think it would be on, like, cable or anything anymore. I don't know. Um, and we were talking earlier about it was hard to find Charlie Brown. And it was really hard to find Pee-Wee's Playhouse and it also resided on Apple. And again, why isn't I this thing just like at this time that. of year everywhere? You know? And it's like if we're a culture that wants to be quote unquote woke and we want to celebrate diversity, it's like, well, you need to also know your history of queerness and diversity. And you have this perfect Christmas special that celebrates everything you value today and does it in a genius, creative, imaginative. Like, this is for all time. This is, like, it's just, it's so well put together. And it's fucking funny. It's, like, one of the so funniest. Good. Me and Brooke were fucking dying this morning. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, it's, it's so, so, so fun. fucking funny. Anyways, I'm going to simmer down. And I'm going to let you guys uh, go on about PB's Playhouse Christmas special. <laughs> Vicky, I wanna do you want
4: to amp it. yourself up next? <laughs> you can amp yourself up or, or amp up um, I, I also had a great time watching but <laughs> I realized that I think that I stole my whole personality from Pee Wee Herman right? um, I think yeah, I do like the low talk the ah you know like hey everybody you know like just like I, I've stolen my whole personality from this weird individual you're often
3: so, caught <laughs> masturbating in an adult theater. all the time
4: no that happened to me last week like every Every, every other day, I'm getting caught masturbating somewhere. Brooke it's knows bizarre. where the
3: one where the one adult movie theater yeah. still exists. In Toronto.
4: Sometimes I go to buses, and um, but besides the point, it was so bizarre watching this movie and just seeing. I, I guess it's just because how subconsciously we can be so informed by these characters, and we um, we we forget throughout our history that this is part of what governed me and I think that I probably found this entertaining um, so I, my in my weird you know um, brain somewhere those are the voices that I kind of learned how to Do Um, so that was really bizarre to me. But to Alex's point, with um all the all the freaks, I really love that it's like Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah are just on the phone, and it's these like three old women that get to have like their moment (laughs) to shine again. That are like playing the guitar, and it kind of reminds me of Rosie a little bit, you know, Alex's mom and (laughs) three different versions, just like kind of sad, but also like really, you know, this is their life. Um, so it's like. so touching and it's just nice that people like this is the first I was said to Alex you know this is so much more woke than woke culture because people get to be free in this playhouse they get to everybody seems a bit more goofy fucking what's her name um, sad song girl Katie Lang Katie Lang um, Katie Lang has, <laughs> has never been more alive and fun and funny right? and Kate, she's like oh, Katie
1: Lang oh. is having like, the time of, the, of her life she is having
4: the best time and Everyone that's exactly is.
1: how like that's what. All those Christmas songs as they're being, it's just people that got there that day and they're like, let's just have fun a totally. Christmas song.
4: And that's what you do. You go off key, you have fun with it. Magic Johnson coming in and being like, the fucking the screen thing's my cousin. Like what? What does we got this a even Cowboy mean? Larry
1: Fishburn. Come on, man.
3: Okay, and we were saying about that. Like, when have you ever seen Lawrence Fishburn like that? Like, you know, like he's usually like, you know, he's either Morpheus, and I'm gonna tell you about the very meaning of your he's life. He's
2: so goofy. You I know?
3: Love it. Yeah, no, he's just like fucking smile ear to ear just like hey Pee Wee like it's fucking oh it's great
2: little Richard
3: I'm oh my Pee-wee. god little Richard hey
2: <laughs> <laughs> help me <laughs> help me Pee Wee
3: and then yeah there's the whole gag where like he shows he's trying to show him like s- skating's no thing and uh, he's essentially paid a figure skater to <laughs>
1: <laughs> act was that good Pee Wee yeah <laughs> one of my uh, favorite things though is when it starts snowing and he's talking to the—I forget their names now—but they're doing like the Christmas cards. And he's like, yeah. "You have to go outside. It's snowing." And it's then they're, snowing. They're just like, "Oh my god!" And they're like, "Wait, have you finished making all the cards?" Yeah. Well, then I guess you can't go outside.
2: We're hungry
3: and we're hungry and thirsty. Here's some bread and yeah. water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: So many oh. laugh out loud moments. What's, uh,
3: what I think is really great about this special is that like every shot is showing you something you don't expect. Uh, and, and it's like who's coming through the door to guest star and do a song or do a bit. But it's also like you're going to suddenly he's like gonna, he's got to put a fruitcake in the fridge and he opens the fridge <sighs> and there's a whole world in the fridge. Which
0: going I love. On.
4: Eggnog just drinking. Fighting drunk. each other to get the packages through
1: the little vent. <laughs> So cute! I love the dreidel world when they 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 do the dreidel song and then they drop it and it goes into like with the dinosaur people and they have the coin.
4: Yeah, yeah, they eat the chocolate.
3: And then there is a miniature dinosaur world under Pee Wee's Playhouse, apparently. So cute! (laughs) So cute! It
4: just it it really like lets its freak flag fly. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. the subconscious just kind of getting out there. Um, And even just we were saying how he like the way he knows his frame I guess and just can kind of like lay comedy throughout Um, specifically when he's doing the Feliz Navidad and he's just like whacking but then he starts doing the salsa and walking backwards (laughs) it's just like just like perfect comedy moments Mm -hmm. um with like subtle commentary throughout you know as alex said there's like queer uh queerness throughout it and literally at the end um what he's found his the use for fruitcake is to make a a closet um, (laughs) on this big closet with these like two very um uh, sexy sexy looking village
3: people looking construction workers
4: and yeah. and and they're making like this big. They they're in the closet, literally making this big old like
3: fruit cake,
4: fruit cake room that kind of looks like looks like a, like a butthole a little bit, and you know it's but it's it's all in the guise of this like kids show. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, how empowering is that? You know, like I think that that's so much more empowering than the like
3: making an asshole out of fruit cakes. <laughs> I love it
2: I love it
4: Touche Touche Um But yeah, it's just, it's all very, very, very smart, and how he uses his uh, guest stars. Like, I think it's great that Oprah gets one second, and Whoopi gets one second, where they're just like, well, maybe in two years' time, I'm, you know, like...
1: (laughs) Whoopi can't catch a break, man. She's just like, can I... No, you can't be on the show. I'll try to save you a spot, but no promises, Whoopi. It's pretty Uh, busy. This is pee peewee show, (laughs) okay?
3: uh vicky you and i were talking about share the other day i, I was just and, uh, gonna bring cool that up she is yeah i did see her name
1: us- on the credits they like sh- they yeah. put all the names and i was like surprise i guess no but i was like she, wow she probably Denise would have Alex- been the biggest no but we were talking about it and i was like oh maybe i just did not remember it correctly and this she doesn't show up And then she does show up, and it just you know rang true. But I was just like, what if I'm just so wrong? And what is this memory then? Just (laughs) me remembering them, you know, talking about the chair, pretty much like Sherry. But yeah, I love Sherry; she's fantastic. Who
3: who comes in and like like all the furniture and the floor? Yeah, the floor is like, come stand over me. It is such a perverted. Yeah, and the chairs are like, sit on
4: me.
1: It's it's
3: pervy.
4: She gave the first fruit cake, I think.
3: I'm amazed they got away with that. Like, it's not even subtle. Like, like the the floor is saying, like, come sit on my face. Yeah, pretty much. yeah. You know what I mean? Come.
1: <laughs> and everyone's saying it. You know, come yeah. Yeah. over the f- here. The
4: fish, the come fish come want her to come he- over there. Yeah.
1: The chair. Give, come, wants. give us a big wet kiss, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. goodness.
3: Listen, but, I think these, this, is, this is fine stuff for children to be exposed yeah. to, ultimately. I yeah,
4: think man. so, if so we're too, because they don't get if it. If we're watching Batman Returns, we can watch Pee-wee's fucking Christmas special. My gracious. But, uh, in I, saying I I, that, we had talked about, like,
1: controversial stuff. I, maybe this isn't shared because people have such a, a negative opinion of Paul uh, Rubens and some stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know specifics. Still, it's such a shame. I like, don't know, but don't I don't stifle like
3: a man for jacking off in a theater where everyone went to jack off. Listen, uh, at the time, you know? I'm
1: not saying it, and I'm certainly not policing the world. I'm just saying that could be one of the reasons why it's not more distributed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, fair enough. Uh, mainly because of that, where because is people Pee-wee? like to bury it. Where is, Pee-wee? To where, where is
3: Pee Wee? Where is Pee Wee in the consciousness? Like, do people? Are people still watching Big Adventure? Are they showing that to their kids? I do. You know, I don't have. I kids, think they but...
4: are because it's on like Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, and they did do recently. Pee Wee's um, made a comeback. Yeah, they because
2: they did. did his, is it
4: Pee Wee's Big Holiday?
0: The some, newest one. Yeah,
1: it was. It was uh, it was Joe a New Pee Man or whatever. Was
3: oh yeah, it? I forgot about that yeah. actually. Um, so yeah, no, and, and there was a, a live. There was a live show as well that. Um, and that's how the pee wee character started was on stage so they i think HBO maybe like 10 years ago now and i think paul rubens at the time was touring the character and like had brought him back on stage and was doing the playhouse on the stage so i think they filmed that or whatever but yeah i just mean like you know yeah it's just like much like charlie brown this is just like it's so great and like charlie brown's about the very same things uh, you know in terms of uh com- like the commercialization of christmas and and kind of missing the the fruitcake for the trees, if you will.
4: Well, and, and how much more special it is to, like, go travel with Santa to deliver presents um, than it is to, to get all the presents, you know? That that really is the best Santa ever. It's the gift of giving and, you know, seeing the the smile on people's faces.
3: And, and before I forget, like, the, um, the whole tree aspect, the little uh, crappy tree and Charlie Brown <clears throat> and just, like, how they perceive it, ultimately is what matters. And in Pee-wee, uh, you get that great old cartoon, and I love that Pee-wee's paying homage to history. And, like, I mean, Pee-wee as a character, he, he feels like he's something out of, like, 1930s animation or whatever. <laughs> so that cartoon fits perfectly in the Playhouse. But I know we all love that cartoon, and you get, like, a brief version of it in, uh, in Pee-wee's Playhouse, but the longer one is is fantastic. And it's about an orphanage that... Uh, all the kids wake up and they all their toys are garbage or busted or they don't have toys and this inventor happens to be driving by and he dresses up as Santa and he just turns a bunch of junk into toys and it's just like it's just so beautiful it's just like again it's just how you look at the world and don't get caught up in, in this commercial reality that they're selling us where this is important and this thing if you have it it's part of your identity it's like no.
4: <laughs> yeah. You can get a ski hill. In your house if you just have the imagination to. Um, for sure. Um, and a little love as well, right? Like, the kids need some support. They can't make the ski hill themselves. I like how kind of creepy that Santa is as well, or the inventor. He really is like a disturbing gentleman, um, but he's a very nice guy. Um, but the whole animation at that time, it's so, like, it's just so, like, otherworldly, I guess. It just doesn't feel... It's the... what? What's that? Noodle? The noodle? It's
3: called... Uh, it's called... Rubber hose. Okay. Animation. I always want to call it noodle. <laughs> well, I always want to call it like noodle. It does feel do like a noodle. Noodle and was...
4: in... Yeah, exactly. Express
3: yourself, girl. <laughs> noodle you has in...
4: <laughs> um So the rubber. <laughs> rubber hose. Um, no, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's so like organic almost. It feels so um, different. So there's.
3: Look out, here comes animation snob. So this was made by uh, Fleischer Studio in like the 30s or 40s. I'm not quite sure the date, but they they were like the major competitor. 36. There you go. They were the major competitor to Disney. And of course, we all know we don't have Fleischer Plus on our TVs. We have Disney Plus. And so essentially the Disney style of animation um, Mm. becomes the standard and becomes the thing that inspires Anime in Japan and and, and whatnot. And obviously, like Fleischer is still influential to a lot of people. But, you know, the mainstream sort of approach to animation has been quote unquote Disney fied. And so, what you're seeing here is just early animation. And, like, there is no standard. And the style of this studio is to make everything alive and moving. And it moves in a really like rubbery, weird way. The, The Disney innovation was making quote unquote more realistic.
2: Mm -hmm. Animation
3: and and less like otherworldly. Like Bambi is something like things move and it looks beautiful and it reflects, it's exaggerated, surely, and stylized, but it reflects a certain reality. Lion King, whatever. You know, a Fleischer cartoon, you can think Popeye or. Betty Boop, you know mm-hmm. it's it's just like everything. Like suddenly the sun grows a face and is a part of the scene, and then like you know, uh, just objects come alive, and you just never know. And, and that's, that's what D I love about it. And that's Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, that's it's exactly just things coming Playhouse. to life.
1: It's like you mentioned, like that guy, like even like the kids as they're slinking from their beds, they're just so <laughs> like <ghost-like> and <you're laughs> just so out Yeah, um, Christmas
2: comes once a year, once but it's, a it's just so year, joyful.
1: And after totally. I watched that, I watched it. I watched the little short on the Pee Wee special, but then I wanted to see the full thing. Um, and then after that, I just started watching a bunch of, like, Betty Boo clips because they were all on YouTube. So worth yeah. checking yeah. out. Super fun.
3: Yeah, a lot of that stuff is, like, public domain at this point, and uh, I don't think anyone really owns it. And so it's it's easy to find. And uh, we should say the name of the cartoon we're talking about that's in Pee Wee's. Playhouse is Christmas comes, but once a year. Yeah,
1: presented by yeah. the like, what is it, the King of Cartoons? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah and it, and it, on its own, it's definitely on YouTube. It's like eight minutes. It's mm-hmm. just like it's yeah. It's just one of the one of the best little like just, Christmas cartoon yeah. shorts. Just like yeah. a nice
1: little wholesome, you know, delivering yeah. of gifts and for nothing joy. but the joy to see to bring the joy to these sad kids.
4: Yeah, <laughs> At Christmas. isn't that Christmas? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Anything else we want to touch on with Pee Wee's Playhouse before we go into our final Christmas special of the episode?
4: I think out of the two movies that we or specials that we've talked about so far, I think Pee Wee's would be the most. Pee Wee's would be the only one that I think is the most forgotten. I think if people are watching Pee Wee, they're watching like Big Adventure. They're watching the movies. I do think that this special. Including myself, like Alex, you you've kept this special alive and well in your heart, which has kept it in my heart or, or reignited the flame, I should say. Um, but I do think that if you have a chance, it's only two ninety nine on Apple Plus um, mm. to to own for the rest of your life. This on it's your computer. <laughs> i totally recommend it it's so like it's just so uplifting and the music's great and Wee is awesomely hilarious i love his mannerisms i love his voice so um i love how creepy he is <laughs> i think i can relate wholesome. to you brooke
1: where you said like you got so many of your like personality things i feel like i'm the same way we're just like random things i'll do or say i'm like oh i see i got it i got it from Wee. all right
4: yeah exactly exactly <laughs>
1: I do Pee Wee's dance like all the time, also just <laughs> just for funsies.
3: Yeah, you get a few little moments in this one.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely it's, it's the best little dance he does. So cute. Uh, no, this special is just super fun, and I I don't think I've heard anyone talk about it. Like even some of my closest friends, like have not watched it or heard of it. Was this something that you had seen uh, when you were younger, Brooke?
4: Um, I had, I had, uh, but I I said to Alex, like, Pee Wee, when I was younger, I never really knew quite what to make of him, because he, I think that maybe I subconsciously knew that there was something deeper going on that I didn't quite get, and there was something, but he always, like, there was something creepy and weird about him to me, so I remember this special, but I never, like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a Charlie Brown or a Grinch. I didn't go to it as much as I did, um. Yeah, this Which, is definitely very,
1: like, a familiar favorite. So maybe it was the influence of Alex, or maybe I just felt a, a gravitational this, pull. But
3: I had this on VHS. I mean, I remember seeing it on TV, but I think, you know, like his career took the dive, and I think like Pee Wee I remember Pee Wee was on TV and then he was not on TV anymore. Like yeah. altogether. And like maybe unless you had some weird specialty channel that would play like old stuff, you weren't seeing Pee-Wee on TV anymore. But yeah. I don't know, like, I guess it was my mom or uh, my sister, your mom, Vicky, uh, Mm -hmm. that bought me the Christmas special. And, you know, it would have been something sold probably at, like, Shopper's Drug Mart at the time, at the height of Pee Wee. And I'm sure they went, oh, this will be nice for Christmas. And Alex likes Pee Wee, uh, you know, who didn't at the time. But, yeah, I I think it stayed in my life because of the VHS. And then I know, Vicky, you bought the DVD when it came out on DVD. And so you kept it alive and in the house. uh, Always. And and going, yeah. And I think unless, yeah, you love it and you know, like, uh, there's like a theme on this show of talking about streaming versus like, you know, like having a DVD and it's like, you know, I don't personally have the DVD. I know you do, Vicky. I wish I did, but it's like this is the argument for you know, if it's like something you love and you want to keep in your life and like pass on to your kids, Mm -hmm. please don't like expect apple to be around 20 years from now and like that purchase you made for 2.99 is still gonna be there it's like yeah. go to like go to like value village and find a used copy for two dollars mm-hmm. and you know can't it's just, rely you got on
1: it. anybody but yourself guys so mm. do if you your care own, about this stuff do your own due diligence get your physical copies because apple does <laughs> not have your back disney does not have your back None and of they them. they might not buy the rights to these all the time yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah exactly
3: you know and who knows if Paul Rubens enters another scandal in this day and age yeah, the shit's getting taken off Apple you know what I mean <laughs> forever. So they yeah, might forever. just
4: being burned <laughs> they, they might
1: didn't... just bring up the scandal from years and years ago as a remember yeah, exactly. that and then it's like they oh yeah bury him them. again bury him yeah exactly
3: it's funny like uh, before we get into Beavis and Butthead I was reading a Wired article the other day and the tone of it was there are people out there who still buy DVDs who are they and like <laughs> two paragraphs of, like, how the world has shifted in the streaming, but then a third paragraph about how during pandemic things have seemed to level off and there is a steady loyal... Uh, base of people that buy dvds who are they and then it's like a couple paragraphs talking to these supposed freaks who are these? yeah and these supposed these freaks, freaks are like
2: <laughs> you and me <laughs> they're
3: like i invested in in this collection and these are things i love and it's like you don't want to be wandering through like three four streaming services trying to find it and then if you don't find it you got to rent it anyway you know or half the time you can't you know and like we spent like a solid hour searching for some of these things mm-hmm. you know when it's like they can be readily available um yeah i just there's always an argument to be made for physical and i think like as we more and more enter the digital world i'm not against it but it's like you know our soul is at risk always you know like literally and then also just like the soulful things that we've created mm-hmm. you know artworks that like really speak truths it's like now we live in a place where it's like your phone is your own designed little world of convenience and it's like
4: ntfs or whatever they're called yeah, you don't NFTs. necessarily nfts yeah.
3: but then you know if you have it on the shelf you might look over one day and go i'm forgetting the lesson of christmas
4: yeah so everybody you can uh rainy day video pod at gmail.com you can tell us what dvds you'll buy alex for christmas so that we know what not to buy him yes. actually
3: do that and you know please but also uh, just actually tell us if you still buy dvds and yeah are we just like are we just like speaking nonsense and yeah. you never encounter this problem let or us know if you're just... a freak too please <laughs> please
4: we want to know how many there are out there to, yeah. to the 20 people now, that right? listen <laughs>
3: Speaking of freaks, let's talk about Beavis and butt Due Christmas. One of this freak's favorite things ever.
2: <laughs> Where's Beavis? Beavis? I don't think you want to know. That butt munch owes me a dollar. Where is he? You won't like it. Damn it, where is he? He's at the homeless shelter with Stuart. He's homeless? Cool. <laughs>
1: Hey, buddy, this is your third helping. Now get to the back of the line till
2: everyone eats. Uh, what's with Stuart? <sighs> Stuart has self-esteem now. You weren't there to destroy it. That sucks. <sighs> Where's Beavis? <sighs> hey, Beavis, I told you I needed that soup five minutes ago! <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, Stuart. <clears throat>
1: Whoa. Hey, after we're through volunteering, what do you say we go over to my house and we'll crack open some non-alcoholic eggnog?
2: Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Hey, Beavis, what's your problem? No cutters, buddy. (laughs) Shut up, Stuart. What are you doing, Beavis? Um, have we met, sir? (laughs) It's me, you bunghole. Um, What's a bunghole? You're a bunghole bunghole. Hey, Cro-Magnon, you can't use a word to define itself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can too, bunghole. Come on, let's get out of here, Beavis. Ah, hey, let go! We still have to give out gingerbread men! Ah. Cut the crap, Beavis. And you still owe me a dollar. Help, Corey! Hey! <clears> throat> let, throat> let go <throat> of me! <throat> this, this isn't right! <throat> hey, man. Yeah. Leave the kid alone. Yeah, he's a good kid.
4: This and you stuff. have a physical copy of this. I don't anymore. I don't know oh, where it is. Never mind. You don't have a physical copy of this. This is the
2: time when Apple...
1: <gasps> did come do, in handy. Uh, That's
4: what I thought. You
1: Mother know? bitch. So thank you, Apple, for yeah coming in clutch. You
3: know? Why it was a complicated <laughs> yes-no answer is I have the Beavis and Bud collection, which has the little Christmas narratives that we watched, mm. which was uh, It's a Miserable Life and, and, hul- and hul- yeah. ha ha yes. yeah. <laughs> But I said Beavis and Bud had Do Christmas, and what that actually is, that was a collection that was on... VHS and it was these two narratives but then also as Beavis and Butthead existed back in the day it was them sitting in front of the TV talking about music videos and stuff like that and so it was them like watching Christmas music videos that would break up the narratives and then uh, a, a letters to Santa Butthead segment where Beavis is a reindeer and Butthead keeps whipping him repeatedly as they get as they get letters about all these women wanting to sleep with Beavis, but because Butthead is a Butthead, head, yeah, and because he's Santa Naturally. holding the reins, he ain't gonna let it happen. But anyways, yeah. We, so the know, one we're
1: referring to is we um, The is season three episode five. Uh, where you'll find these little uh, two segment things. Uh, that yes. Alex just mentioned, so you know what we're talking about.
3: So, these these specials, like, I think from the outside, it might not look like they're about the spirit of Christmas, and like, they might not contain all the things that these other animated specials do, but I think they do. I think it's like all there, but what's great about Beavis and Butthead is that they're, uh, Mike Judge is so committed to the dumbest characters of all time, and like, like they're so dumb to the point of frustration where like nothing can be learned there's no curiosity they think like death and misery is cool <laughs> you know what i mean and so it's like it's like it's it's maybe less about christmas in the traditional sense and more about how we are unable to often um uh there's the line in the one episode that uh, their neighbor anderson says it's a uh, you can lead a jackass to water, but you can't make them drink, you know. And what be what these Beavis and Buttheads show is like everywhere the lessons are, are writ large, but if you're an idiot, you're, it's it's like pearls to swine. It's like, it's, it's, it's you don't understand the value. You don't understand a sense of past, present, future, and so you're an idiot. And so they're cynical, but I think they're fucking hilarious too because they really reflect the world as it exists. And there's a lot of jackasses who have been led to water, but uh, they don't want to seem to drink.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something fun about these characters that, you know, they just kind of live in the misery of their lives and I mean I, I'm a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and that's the same kind of idea where it's just you you get new storylines but you're constantly stuck with the same idiots from start to finish and they're refusing to change and it's not and that's the joy of it you know it's like you can still get the message without um, you know it's like you, you understand the lesson that Beavis and Butthead should be taking yes. from this but you don't lose anything in that; they stay the exact same way like, yeah. at all.
3: It's also a lesson in ignorance, as well yeah. as you know, other well, things. Things to <laughs> avoid.
4: We 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 said while watching all of these, like these, the the other ones are all you know the spirit of Christmas, but this is really like the human condition. And you know, there's the spirit of Christmas, but like we need to we need to take responsibility, and that's what very few of us have the capacity to really do which is why we live in a very capitalist (laughs) superficial society right now including myself like i'm i participate in i'm i'm my own beavis and butthead
3: it's funny that we all grew up with like the same message of uh don't don't indulge in the commercial side of christmas see 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 it for what it really is see it for what's important but like year after year it's like freaking out about getting gifts and freaking out about this, that, and the other. That like, it's it's like it's funny. It makes you wonder it's like, what is the value of a man. story? You know, it's all and, serving it makes, that.
1: The yes, movies us- make you buy things, which in turn make you celebrate things to then buy things to, you know, gather around the table. You buy things, and the cycle continues.
3: I think there's like just a great truth. Like in Beavis and Butthead, it's, like it's known as a stupid show, but I think it's profound in its stupidity, and, 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 and it's just really so honest. Like it, some people are just, they don't get it. And we've been conditioned with TV shows to have characters learn a lesson. And you're saying like the the gimmick with it's always sunny in Philadelphia as well. What keeps the stories going is their ignorance, you know. So it's like, like there's it's it's that kind of story. And often with the Christmas specials, you sort of like uh, it puts a rose colored glasses on people, and it's like, well, they can all see that the tree is. You know, more than it is, or, you know, oh, look, this piece of junk can be made into a train set. You know what I mean? But it's like, Beews and Byhead aren't those people. <laughs>
2: yeah.
4: And how often, like, have we had moments of clarity and realization and then wake up from said dream and are like, I got to, we get to watch porn. <laughs> you know, like, I, they, that's the story of my goddamn life. You know, I feel like I'm brilliant and then the stupidest, stupidest fucking person in the world. Um, Um, And I think this this show frustrated the shit out of me when I was young. I hated it. I cannot tell you how much I hated it. And I think it's because it is so truthful. And it's like, (laughs) fuck me, man. Like, (laughs) we're all Beavis and Butthead. Like, oh, God. Um, I think that this is the most truthful of the Christmas tales that we've seen, probably, where, you know... We can wake up from the dream and go, like, wow, there was something pretty awesome there, but, like, I get laid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, we, 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 we see only what, <clears throat> what our little box lets us see. You know, I'm a manager, and I get to watch porn. Not that, you know, you were unhappy, and you were treating people terribly, and, you know, you die never having been laid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> let's take a, a quick step back because, like, if let's say Pee Wee is something we think's maybe been, not stayed relevant and people aren't keeping in their lives, I doubt if the Beavis and Butthead Christmas specials are still being yeah, watched, Yeah, um, fair except point, for Alex. Us few freaks. Um, so, just for context, it's uh, two stories, and you know, Beavis and Butthead are short stories that were tied together with like little music video segments. And so, the two stories of this Christmas special are. It's a Miserable Life, which sees uh, Beavis um, having a dream about his future where he's potentially manager (laughs) of Burger World and he's Butthead's boss. No, 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 that's... Am I mixing them up?
1: Yeah, so Butthead is the central character of It's a Miserable Life and then... uh, Because because they take him out. Yeah, so he goes uh, home... Or he falls asleep at the grill, thinking he's the manager now, Yeah. Um, and then gets to go home and like you know live his his life, and then he gets visited by the ghosts, and he just wants to watch TV, <laughs> not yeah. not do any of that, you know.
4: He wants to watch um, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, a Scrooge-themed uh, porno, but uh, yeah, he comes out of you know he essentially he he experiences his own christmas carol awakening and wakes up and what he gets out of the story is that one day he's going to be a manager and he's going to have a vcr and he's going to have some porn (laughs) (laughs) and so you literally watch the whole ebenezer scrooge story and it's all in there you know all the basics all the lessons to be learned
1: Way to come out of that, essentially, of of taking these life lessons and basically just ending up right where you were, being like, okay.
3: Yeah, it's almost like ignorance and accepting of a profound truth can bring you into the same place where it's like, at the end of the day, you just got to be happy with what you got.
4: what. What I also like about the Scrooged one is that um, the only thing that really hits Beavis, like in Scrooge, he starts coming to epiphanies quite early on. It's like, oh gosh, my childhood, my life, you know. He's 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 reflecting. Um, it doesn't Beavis doesn't reflect. Beavis is like does not even think the tombstone is his until he's told that the tombstone's his, and he's not like it says he never got laid, and that's the only time. Again, much like the human condition, like the only time that things hit us or when it's like you won't get laid you know like you will be you will be a virgin forever maybe I should make different life decisions yeah exactly exactly it's so great it's so smart
3: yeah being like 13 years old raging hormones it's like sort of your quest you know what I mean and like the show cuts through all the gack of being a 13 year old and it's like the eternal quest and I think
1: that's the biggest thing you forget that they are Teenagers sometimes exactly it's
4: like they are. He doesn't just... care that there's no food around the house. No. He 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 sees getting a fast one over this guy and being like he stole.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: I love to like uh, Mick Vicker is their principal throughout the series, and he's always a character on the verge of a nervous breakdown or is just constantly having a nervous breakdown, depending how you look at it. And he's always in this, uh, uh like, n- like nervous. Mid, state. Yeah. yeah. And you meet his family in this Christmas special and they are all, uh, it, the exact same nervous personality. And it's, it's, it's like disturbing, but funny at the same time. <laughs> and it's
4: such a big family.
3: The other Christmas special is, um, it's a miserable life, which as you probably guessed is, uh, beavis and butthead parody of it's a wonderful life and i was getting them mixed up before but this one has butthead
4: never from, existed
3: uh yes yes he gets because vi- they're both pretty much the same it's, story it's the same thing they're just like
1: how can we find two ways to tell the exact yeah. same thing yeah
3: so the, the the angel visits butthead and shows him like in "It's a Wonderful Life," a world without him and it's infinitely better. <laughs> you realize how much of how much like dominion people he holds are thriving. Over Beavis.
1: <laughs> the world is thriving without him. But the
3: the fucking idiot just doesn't get it. He thinks everything's cool, you know. And it's like what really gets him is when he learns that Stuart has self confidence and that Beavis is his friend and that Beavis is like a nice guy. Uh, it's it's just like it's it's touching in a way, you know. Uh, but not
1: <laughs> that lovely uh, dream just ripped out of the Beavis's you know hands and Butt-head comes back into his life and they both get to be these these funny characters who yeah <laughs> end up with no purpose in life except to you know watch harass. music videos yeah. and porn and yeah.
4: Make fun of the people around them, you know? All those fun things. Yeah. I said to Alex, the only thing I didn't get with this one was at the very beginning, the Guardian's like, because um, he's trying to get them to kill themselves, essentially, or to, you know, <laughs> die. Um, and he, he says to himself, it needs to be them both. But it clearly doesn't need to be both of them that killed kill themselves, because, like, um, Butthead seems to be the the Butthead of the two, you know? Um, so, so that was the only thing that confused me. Um, and, and I just needed to say it
3: yeah I'm sure no one will ever get back to us on this sadly because no one's watching this special well
4: if you have but. if you have please get back to me i'm i'm Explain. I'm waiting in, in bated breath
3: what this episode does point out, and like you know listen, be and Head" is like almost like a one note joke. It's like they always stay the same, and that's why people hated this show. It's like they just they're just so fucking frustrating and they're so stupid and like Like, they encounter so much, and it's all wasted on them. You know what I mean? It's just, like, wasted youth, (laughs) like, epitomized. But... Within that framework, they are like fully realized characters and oh, there's yeah. like a psychology to them. And Beavis is a pushover and Butthead is the leader. Oh yeah. And even though Butthead uh, is no smarter than Beavis, and actually you if you watch the show a lot, you see there's these glimmers of genius in Beavis. Like like Beavis is being held back by Butthead. And I Didn't don't know they if you're do willing to
1: like, a, a goodwill hunting Beavis type thing.
3: Uh, maybe where he's like
1: mm. super smart, solves some sort of equation, or am I mixing something up?
3: I no, feel that's like- that's possible. Like you know, I remember like uh, they'd be watching music videos, and suddenly Beavis would go, he'd become discombobulated, he'd go on a rant about you know social constructionism and as it relates to like whatever stupid music video they're watching, and Butthead would be like, "Uh, simmer down, Beavis." And yes. wouldn't know how to take it <laughs> Yeah, And then Beavis would be like, sorry about that. Don't know what get into me, you know? Um, (laughs)
4: Like, oh, stupid, breath. (laughs) Back to Dum Dum.
3: (laughs) It's a shame with Beavis and Butthead, like, half the show was them engaging with the media of their day. And, like, when they brought the show back, like, ten years ago on MTV, MTV had become Teen Mom and Jersey Shore, and so they actually got to have them watch that stuff and make jokes and stuff, which was great, but... You know we are we're always clamoring about physical media. I have the Beavis and Butthead collection, and they, you know, got the rights to some stuff just to kind of give you a taste of what the show was like with all the music videos and stuff. But sadly, I don't think anyone wants to pay for all the rights for all the music so that you could actually like put this show together in a complete form as it aired, as it as people. Watched it and it's like, it's a shame. It's like, what about history? What about, like, isn't that important? And, you know, and I guess, yeah, it just costs too much. At least there's some of it. But, yeah, the biggest shame for me is like when you watch the Christmas specials on the DVDs now, it isn't tied together with all the other stuff. And a big thing missing is Letters to Santa Butthead. Vicky, did you watch that segment or did you just watch the specials?
1: I just watched the specials because.
3: It's on YouTube. Like everything I'm talking about, like the music videos and the letters to Santa Butthead. And then there's like uh, a recurring thing where they're just watching the Fireplace channel. Yes. And
1: they're just
3: talking over that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I
1: was scrolling through the one on YouTube uh, yeah. thinking that that was the uh, one you Actual were
3: referring to, but it was not. No, it's all this stuff that's like they didn't put on the DVD or whatever. So it's like it's funny that stuff's allowed on YouTube, but not like. The but whole it's thing. funny
1: though because the fireplace is just. I was like clicking through it, and I was like, "There's." I was like, "What are they saying?" So I just like, <laughs> they're just <laughs> making their silly noises. at The fireplace just, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I think was
3: this on Apple Plus as well? Was this the only
1: way to watch Beavis and Butthead? This is how I got it. I think you can get some of the episodes on iTunes as well, but um, Apple TV sort of has it laid out a bit better. Definitely just highly recommend
3: wise. just, like, yeah, getting the episodes. It's season three.
1: Episode H- five. Humbug. Yeah.
3: And uh, It's a Miserable Life. But also, like, just on the on the free tip, like... YouTube has like a 30 minute compilation of what I was talking about. And they're all in and, and they're watching like Christmas music. If you type in like Beavis and Butthead, do Christmas, yeah. it comes up. And that's like them watching Christmas music videos and there's the letters to Santa Butthead. Mm-hmm. Great background noise for your Christmas party. Yeah. And I'm sure people will be blown away to see Beavis and Butthead and they will be like, Wow, this is so much funnier than I remember, because I was a dumb young person when this was out.
4: Yeah. You'll be the talk of the town if you play this basically. <laughs> but
1: actually yeah. though, I wore a t shirt with Beavis and Butthead a the other day, and I had like four people being like, "Who is that?" And I was like,
4: "How do you so not that's. know?" Yeah, <laughs> if you want to set the trend of this season, play the Beavis and ButtHead Do Christmas playlist. It's it's on so
1: enjoyable though. Like all Beavis and ButtHead, it's just they're so funny as characters, and they just.
3: You got to be in on the joke, though. You got to be in on the joke. Like, there's a a transition happens at some point. I think everyone goes like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, they're constantly laughing, and like, it feels like a one note thing. But like, like I said, you just got to settle into it. And there's so much subtlety, and like, much like the Simpsons, like, this has my favorite town of characters Mm -hmm. aside from the Simpsons. You know what I mean? It's like just a big vast array of characters that are like grounded in this like Mike Judge Texas reality. Yeah. Allah. King of the Hill, you know what uh, I mean, yeah. and a lot of these characters will remind you of King of the Hill characters. But it's just Beavis and Bad coming up against all these characters, and all these characters are great on the level of, of Simpsons. I think.
4: Just uh, to to piggyback, I just thought about Daria, and one of my favorite mm. moments is when when in it's it's a miserable, miserable, life. miserable life when it's like without you, Daria didn't uh, turn into a lesbian because she didn't have <laughs> like terrible male problems, and she's like dating this nerdy dude. Daria is one of my favorite. Like I I did not like. Uh, Beavis and Butthead, growing up, but I fucking love Daria, <laughs> and they're all in that same world, and I loved King of the Hill as well. So I think it just—I took me a while to um, realize the joke. And Daria is like much more like erudite of character, and yeah. you know, and she's like the opposite of Beavis and Butthead. So I think I felt really smart watching Daria, and and I didn't want to be stupid like Beavis and Butthead. Maybe I just saw myself too much in Beavis and Butthead, and mm-hmm. and, and, and couldn't uh, couldn't al- come to terms with it. I
1: always go back to that moment where we were watching Beavis. And butthead, all the time, and it was like me and Alex dying, laughing our asses off and wheezing laughing. And then you just look yeah. at Brooke, and she's just <laughs> like, so condosed. She wasn't in on the joke, yet.
3: She's
4: like, What yeah. are we laughing yeah, I'm at? Like, this is stupid.
3: I, part of it is like, you know, we all see it a bit of ourselves in views and views in Butthead, but there is just, and I've said it before, it's like this commitment. When you commit, like sometimes, like you commit to a punchline and it's not funny, and you say it a second time and it's not funny, and you say it a third time, and everyone's like, all right, it's not funny. But then you say it that fourth time. You get that laugh
1: sometimes. It's
3: there. But that's Beavis and Butthead. And it's like, at this point, like, Attempt one to four is funny to me, but it's like it is just like a joke on repeat. That I don't know. It takes on its own like like it takes on its own spirituality. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's just like it's got its own rhythm and and it's a rhythm of stupidity. And no show ever commits to being that stupid for so long that like when you do special things happen. You know what I Mm. mean? And that's that's what I think is great about Buse and Butthead. It's like it's it is a commitment it's like drinking alcohol for the first time it's like it's a bit bitter and it's like how can people just keep you know but it's like it'll get you drunk
1: (laughs) enough exposure will do it
4: yeah drink your eggnog kids drink your eggnog in the form of beavis and butthead do christmas stay freaky ladies and gentlemen
1: please like and subscribe um Leave a review if you have one on iTunes. That would be great. really helps in uh, spreading the news and awareness of us.
3: If you watch Beavis and Butthead or you watch Pee-wee's Playhouse and you dig these rare gems out of the past... Let us know about it. Let us know if like, you think we're off the mark or if you think they're better left in the past. You can write us at rainydayvideopod at gmail.com. That's been Rainy Day Video as seen on TV. We're not quite sure what we're doing next week, but we're going to follow uh, a theme, like much like we've been doing the past couple weeks, and uh, talk about some Christmas stuff. Uh, thanks again, everybody. That's been Rainy Day Video. Catch you next week. <laughs>
0: da 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 da
2: Dun 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 dun.